Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Greetings and welcome to the Power Station. This is Under Consultation, an episode-by-episode podcast guide through the UK's greatest video game challenge TV show, Games Master. I am one of your hosts, Luke Owen, a connoisseur of bone broth. And worse than radio DJs and newsreaders combined, I mean, I'm a podcaster, I am Ash Versus. This episode originally aired on YouTube on the 5th of December 2021, then broadcast on E4 on the 8th of December 2021, and is likely the final episode of Games Master. Certainly of this reboot, anyway. And at time of recording. And at time of recording, it's the last episode ever. And there's no change in the charts either, as FIFA's top of the video game charts, Adele's top of the pops, and House of Bucci is top of the UK box office. I mean, Ghostbusters Afterlife is still great, Still great, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Adele. This song was number one before Games Master started, and it will continue to be number one for a good length of time after Games Master ends. Yeah, it's about mid-December uh, that it gets knocked off. And I, you said it, it, it's been number one since before Games Master started. It feels like it's been number one before the original run of Games Master started. It is also another song in which Adele really wears her heart on her sleeve. It's personal lyrics. It's talking about uh, the failed marriage, asking her son to be kind, talking about how much she struggled with, with everything that's happened around it. It was positively reviewed by critics... And yeah, did did great business for her. According to Wikipedia, it became the longest-running number one song in the US Billboard Hot 100 by a female artist in the 2020s decade, which admittedly, even now, is less than halfway through, but also that's still pretty impressive. Still an impressive feat. I uh, I like Adele. Uh, I, you know, I bought 19 when it came out. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of her work. I remember seeing this tweet that's really stuck with me about Adele. 
And it was a tweet that's put up by, you know, metalheads and things like that, because when we go to gigs, we mosh around and we headbang and we throw our arms up in the air and this, that and the other, and we cheer and we hoop and we holler and we sing along. And someone was like, what do you do at Adele concerts? Like, do you just watch? Do you try and sing along? Because you can't do it as well as she can, because she's got an incredible voice. What does one do at an Adele concert? Well, I found out, because my sister-in-law went to one. And I told her this before she went. She was like, well, I'll go to the concert and I'll let you know. And she came back and I said, well, what did you do? She goes, I cried. (laughs) It's like, that's what everyone does at Adele concerts. They just cry and sing badly. Do you know what? Before I knew you actually had kind of not a punchline, but a conclusion to that question, my response would have been, you feel emotions. Yeah, that you cry. Like, that's what you do because she makes you feel things. So, Ash, here we are. It is our final episode of our revisit. Kind of like we've done for the previous two episodes. We're not going to go into full thoughts here because we'll get to that when we get to the end of the episode and as we go through. But I, this, is, this is the weakest one of the three. It is. And I don't think I felt that at the time. No. I mean, to kind of put a, a bit of perspective on it. This entire couple of months was a roller coaster for us from the production meeting to going to the taping to talking with everyone to almost the quickest turnaround I think we've done on episodes. I mean, certainly from having access to the press screener to writing notes to recording to getting it released was like, I'm I'm immensely proud of that. I mean, I'm immensely proud of the fact that here we are almost at episode 200 and on the free feed, we've never missed our kind of deadline release date every tuesday morning at half past six an episode has gone out for nearly 200 episodes and you know soon we will be at that 200 and i think no matter what comes next that is something to be proud of it's funny going through the youtube comments on this video as well because a lot of the comments aren't like the ones on the previous two because this is the final episode so If you look at the ones on episode one, it's a lot of, ah, this is actually better than I thought it was going to be, or this is woke and and this, that, and the other. Episode two is more about the actual episode itself and sort of thoughts on the episode, thoughts on the challenges. But a lot of, like, the top-rated comments on this video are just, oh, is that it? It's just three episodes? Why don't we have a full series of this? I want more. Commission more, Channel 4. And, you know, someone made the comment, which is like, self-employed content streamer releases content every single week multi-million as channel four is like three episodes obviously that is not taking into consideration that that's what meta paid for there was only time to make three episodes by the time the meta sponsorship was going to end and actually they'd already advertised well ahead of time it was only gonna be three episodes yeah so it is interesting looking at the comments of being like i want more of this and i want more of this obviously you go into the merc and Meyer, there are way worse things being said about this episode oh i've dredged up some Meyer to get into in a second but it's nice that a lot of the more top rated comments are just by people being like this is pretty you know this was pretty darn good and it's kind of nice that it is then on this episode because i think without it there might have been more like huh this doesn't feel like a pretty great episode of the show Outside of the opening challenge, I don't think there's a lot of, like, standout. Maybe it's the opening and the closing, maybe, I'd say. Because um, the the closing challenge is very good. The little bonus challenge that we get. But I think it's the worst for features, maybe. I, I think the, 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 the sponsored bit isn't great. Mm. Uh, colleagues isn't particularly great. I actually really like colleagues. I genuinely, this colleagues, particularly for just how it kind of dissolves, is probably my favourite of the series. So we might... 
We might, disagree might, a bit might more slightly on differ that. on that one, yeah. But yeah, the sponsor content's not great. I, I wasn't a big fan on colleagues. I mean, I like the review. And it's got a great educating grado. Yeah. But I think this is the episode where there is more bad than there is good. Or more weak than there is good, because there's nothing really bad. Yeah. But we get into the mire of the comments. Let's, let's dive into and this I've mire. Tried not, I, but basically, I'm not going to name the people that put these comments, because I'm not going to give them that level of recognition or attention. But boy, howdy, there are some people out there on the internet, Luke. And there sure are. Let's start with this one. This was a bad idea. This show was pure cringe. It felt nothing like the old show. Dominic Diamond is spinning in the chippy. Everyone except me seems to be a bot in the comments. <laughs> yeah, there was a real, like, whole thing about the only positive comments about the show are coming from bots. There was a few replies to people being like, I'm a bot, I like this show. Might be the same lad. <laughs> Next one up was, it's too woke. Get some real people on, not Z-list celebrities. And I'm thinking, fuck me, did you miss most of the original Games Master? <laughs> Comment, nothing woke about it, weird. Reply. Yeah, uh, this this reply. You think that pushing gay, trans, and non-binary as a focus of the people who appear, which has nothing to do with gaming, along with a pregnant woman and a black man presenter, is not pushing a woke agenda? Then what is? People on the internet, Luke. <laughs> well, you know, the pregnant agenda. The pregnant agenda. <laughs> How fucking dare they put a pregnant woman on TV? I'm trying to have my dinner here. I genuinely, with a lot of those comments, would have just expected a woman and a black man. But no, it's like... <laughs> A pregnant, pregnant woman. woman. <laughs> it's like when we uh, had that conversation with Frankie, you know, it's sort of about Dave Perry being like, this is a box ticking show. And she goes, do you think, he said, was it the fact that it was a woman or a, a black man that was the, the box ticking? And I said, it was a combination of both and non-binary people. And she was like, oh, okay. It was, it was all of us together, I guess. Strap yourself in for this one. This, oh. is, this is the final note. And then we'll move on to the actual good of the show. To do this show right, they would need to put the show on Rumble and make it much more adult in nature. Yeah, I feel like Dave Perry wrote this one. Even throwing in a few bikini-clad porn stars. Do you know what Rumble is? No. They are the same cloud provider. It's a video platform, but they're also the cloud provider that hosts Truth Social. So that tells right. you... Because he then starts going on about like getting a Crowder in, right? Like getting a Stephen Crowder in. It's like, what is the UK equivalent of this? You need someone from the alt-right media to, to, to host this show. That's exactly it. It's, that I, is that comment. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that Dominic Diamond would be way too old, but they need someone equally as funny who goes off script and is kind of sleazy, Bucky O'Hare is, in a good way. I really like the way that the show was heading in the final seasons. They would need someone who is alt-right in the media's eye someone who's not afraid to go there someone like Stephen Crowder but from the UK who is in their early 30s to pull it off properly now if you don't know who Stephen Crowder is he is a conservative pundit uh, broadcaster he's like a Ben Fox. Shapiro type thing yeah. yeah he's also a racist uh, homophobe uh, domestic abuser so really he is the last person you want anywhere near a games master show he is an all-round scumbag and the closer of this comment, I really miss those days of TV where it was good old-fashioned fun and nobody ever got offended. I'm sure I'm not the only one. If a show like this was done right today, it could gain millions of viewers. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Proper thick, that comment. I actually went and did some digging just to make sure or try and ascertain if that comment was a parody. Doesn't look like it was. Yeah. And I looked at that comment and it just made me realise that when you see people like that, it makes the people that are just going, huh, woke agenda, seem almost reasonable. They're just saying the thing. They're just saying the thing. That, that say the line, Bart. Like, yeah. that's what they're doing. 
this guy, <laughs> he has thoughts. He has he has a spec script, I imagine. He has a product brief. There's a that, one way the show can work, and this is it. This is what you need to do. You need to do alt-right Games Master. Yeah, and I'm sure that probably exists somewhere out there. It's probably well shit. <laughs> it probably is. Should we talk about more positive stuff? Let's talk about more positive stuff. Hello, 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 and welcome to Games Master, a show where people who really should know better compete for a golden joystick. And speaking of worthless tat, meet my beloved co-hosts, Frankie Ward. Why, thank you. Hello. And Ty Logan. Bam! More of that self-deprecating intro here of uh, calling the, the golden joystick pointless tat. I mean, we've had people, you know, feature on this show who were either contestants or new contestants, and they just found the golden joysticks in their attics. Or, like, it is literally like a Christmas ornament. You just bring it down once a year to be like, oh, I was on Games Master once. It is pointless tap, but you'd never throw it away. No, no, no. I mean, some people you did, but... Uh, they I, were fools. Yeah, they were fools. They could have put it on were. eBay. Exactly. Yeah, Larry Bundy would have probably bought it. But let's get into our first challenge. What are we playing, Games Master? Yes, it's FIFA 22, the biggest football franchise of all time. In this epic FIFA challenge, the challenger is a professional FIFA player. So I'll not be going easy on him. Playing as Manchester City against AC Milan, controlled by the hardest AI difficulty, they'll have to make an epic comeback as they'll be kicking off at halftime, 3-0 down, and with one player having been sent off. No easy task. This was a great challenge already, because we were there live for this one. Oh, yeah. And they cut a lot out of this challenge, because this challenge went long. And so they had to trim it down for TV. So I, I totally get that. But it's become a bit of a, a challenge of legend, I, I think, sort of within this podcast circle, because you held it up as your favourite challenge of Series 8 when we did UCP Live 2.0. And Frankie was there, and Frankie told us some behind-the-scenes stories of this challenge. And so I feel like it's now become this, like, this is the challenge of legend that we have, because this is one of the challenges we know the most about, of it was not supposed to be this game, it was not supposed to be this player, and it was probably not supposed to be this hard. And spoilers, even though it is not a successful challenge, this to me is how you do football challenges for a new games master. Sure, you would get footballer versus footballer if the series had continued. Probably done a tournament or something. Yeah, yeah, that would be unique. Games Master's not done that before. <laughs> Bring it back. But this, to me, of taking a eSports pro and basically going, we're not going to put you against a human that you might be able to psych out, that you might be able to study the tactics of or look at their previous gameplay. We're going to put you against an AI, but we're not done yet. You're going to be a player down. But we're not done yet. Your X goal's down. It's the last minutes of extra time. I love that conceit. It, it immediately... And I said this on the first time round, and I've said it in UCP Live 2, and I'll say it now. It turns the pro into an underdog, and that is genius storytelling. It's really, really good. It is so smart because it gets the crowd behind them. The only other way to do this, like, and to be modern-day games master... Uh, do this as a celebrity challenge style thing and do what Shells talks about, the fact that he's played against Man City players. So, you know, you'd bring on a Phil Foden and he would play against Phil Foden. And you'd go like, the guy who plays for Manchester City versus the representative of Manchester City in the E-Premier League. And that's almost your celebrity challenge thing that you would do. Problem is, like, yeah, Shells would probably destroy him. And like, but yeah. that's also part of the comedy there. But I like this method. 
I really, really like this. The problem with the challenge is it is nigh on impossible. And as Frankie brought up, and I, I, you know, we went back and we listened to this for this episode, the point that she wanted to get across doesn't really come across in the final edit. Shells has not used to playing this version of the game. This is brand new. Yeah. He's playing FIFA 21 at the moment. This game is brand new. And because it's brand new, there's bugs. There's little differences. There's little ticks here and there. So although he's a pro player, this is new territory. And it makes the uphill struggle he was already on even more of a challenge. I mean, we've talked a lot about FIFA during our time covering Games Master, many different versions, and I'm sure we talked about this version then because it was released on the 1st of October. That's how new it was. But since then, this was used as a case study by a consumer group who looked at the Loot Crate system. Of course, this was heavy in the Loot Crate thing. Yeah, and there was part of this report that said to get a Team of the Year Kylian Mbappé promo card, the average player would have to purchase a grand total of 847 Jumbo Rare player packs. This would cost nearly 1.7 million FIFA points, or roughly 13,500 euros. If the player wanted to aim for this card without spending real-life money, the player would have to play the game continually for over three years. Loot crates are f***ing bullshit. Stephanie Sterling has been flying the flag for this for years. It's gambling mechanics. This is gambling in children's games. And the fact that it is not regulated, the fact that our government refuses to regulate it, I think it says a lot. Belgium are doing a great job in this. Belgium are, are really like you know, hammered down and regulate the f*** out of this. As well they should. Yeah. Because the amount of stories you get out of this... Which is, and what pisses me off about this, because a lot BBC will often cover these things. My kids spend five grand uh, on my credit card on FIFA. And what people look at is like, stupid parents, you had your credit card on their system, and you know, stupid kids don't know the value of money. It's like, that, the fucking company who's like, like making kids spend five grand because he wants to get some unlockable things that should just be free to unlock in a game. That's the problem we should be looking at here, not the parents who got like conned out of five grand. My thought on it is, one, do away with paid loot crates. If you want to have loot crates as part of the core game mechanic of a play the game to earn them, that's fine. And if you want to have a, I don't know, pay 50 quid to unlock everything, which a lot of games have that. It's not always 50 quid, but it's like, oh, you can pay this and everything unlocks. Some of the WWE 2K games have had that. That's fine because that's a single purchase and that's something that you can make a decision about. But yeah, this is predatory. In fact, the report actually said... It appears obvious that the design and mechanisms driving in-game purchases are predatory, manipulative and exceedingly aggressive, targeting consumer vulnerabilities at every opportunity. And I just mentioned the WWE 2K games. When you boot up 2K23 and you press the first X to get past the title screen, the first thing it does before it takes you to any menu every time is try and get you to play my faction. Loot, the My Faction Loot Crate thing. And, and actually, it's easy to accidentally fall into it. Because usually you press X to get through things. When you press X, it takes you through to my faction. And then if you get into my faction, you can't get back out of it. Not for a while. Not for a while. The amount of times we've sat down to record using 
uh, because we played my GM mode. The amount of times I've accidentally clicked into my faction and be like, well, I've, we're on a tight deadline here. I'm just going to shut the PlayStation off and then restart it so I can get back out of it. I like, do the same. I just force quit the game. It's quicker to force quit the game and reload it and go through all of the you know the menus and everything like that than it is to actually get through the my faction things so you can get back to the main menu. Yeah. And that's predatory. Like that is specifically designed to keep you locked into it. If it came up the first couple of times or whenever there was a new content update, uh, okay, I'd rather it wasn't there at all. But every smegging time. Yeah. And the thing is, there is a chance if I actually went through the first couple of steps of my faction mode, it would stop doing that. But I don't want to because I know on various levels, I do have an addictive personality. Absolutely. And that is what they're preying upon is for you to fall into this. And I'm speaking as someone here who has fallen for this before. Because I, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, I fell into Simpsons Tapped Out. Oh, so many people did. Heavily so. I spent hundreds and hundreds of pounds on Simpsons Tapped Out. Because I fell for all of the seasonal bullshit. I fell for all of the quick win mechanics. And because the game was free, it was like, well, I haven't actually bought the game. And I don't, and I didn't mind it at first, but it was a point where I was like, "Oh, I'm spending a lot of money on this, like a lot of money for what is essentially an interactive coloring book, mm. and I'm actually getting nothing out of this." And I felt, and because of my, I've, you know, some parts of me is a very addictive personality. I was then planning my day around tapped out. I would like set alarms to wake up so that my, when the time would take over so I could get the things. And actually the reason I did that is because then I wouldn't have to spend real world money to try and fast forward through things or have to buy donuts or, or the in-game currency and stuff. Because mm. I needed to, be, I wanted to buy more things for the thing, particularly on the seasonal stuff. So yeah, it is, it's, it's nasty, nasty business. And EA are also bad for it because um, they did all the stuff with Battlefronts. Oh, Jesus Christ, And, and yeah. they put the, the loot mechanics in that, like when people found out about how much you need to spend in order to get the characters that you want, it was an insane amount of money. But 2K are really bad for it. The stuff they did in the NBA game is almost unforgivable. Mm. They literally put a one-armed bandit in the game. Like that, like that is literally telling you, this is gambling. Yeah. And it's for kids. It's a kid's game, and it's not regulated. And I think it's outrageous on, on my little soapbox there. No, to, to be honest, there's some things that we say and some things we may have said over the past three episodes that I'm sure some of our audience may heinously disagree with. They may not even be our audience anymore. <laughs> they may have just unsubscribed and deleted or, you know, cancelled their Patreon or whatever. And hey, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. It's up to you. That's, that's you. That's your call. I don't think there's anyone that would, with a good conscience, look at what EA do and look at what 2K do and not go... Yeah, that's predatory. Even if they subscribe to it, even if they're fine with it, the way it's positioned and the way it's placed is predatory. It's set there to try and entice, to try and ensnare, and there is not enough protection done. If you can insist on having it in your games, have it so parental controls also disable that. Yeah, because I, I was we're tapped out. It's the seasonal thing that got me. Is you've only got X amount of weeks to get all of these characters, and if you don't, you're never going to have them again. And I, because I was trying to build the biggest versions, I wanted all of the characters. Yeah. And I, I, and I really fell in for it. And actually, it's the reason why EA will never make a Simpsons game. Because they don't need to. Because they get millions from Tapped Out. And to this day, will get millions from Tapped Out. They make more from Simpsons Tapped Out, a free game, than they would do developing a Simpsons title for the Xbox or for the PlayStation. 
make yeah. way more money off of a free iOS game than they would making an actual game with you know the voice cast and everything for the PlayStation. So anyway, f- FIFA. Do you hear that, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sean hears that. And in fairness, I think even Sean would not defend that. No. Nor would Dominic. I mean, Dominic's oh, Dom, spoken yeah, about Dom, it at length. I'll, on the, the purple column, yeah, yeah he yeah, really yeah. goes off on it. Now, Gels, you're a pro FIFA player, right? Yeah, that's right. What's involved in that? Um, a lot of nights in, you know, friends might be going out, but you've got to stay home, play foot champs and stuff like that, but a lot of hours. A lot of hours, a lot of practice. A lot of practice against the top. But I won my first trophy this year, so maybe I'm there as well. Beautiful, what trophy was that? Oh, in the E-Premier League. Get up! I've heard you played FIFA against some real football players as well. So lucky enough, as I play for Manchester City, I've played against Phil Foden, Sergio Aguero and Zinchenko. And are any of these guys actually good at the game? I don't want to embarrass Zinchenko and Aguero, but let's just say Phil Foden, I had to actually lean forward and try my hardest. You had to lean forward? (laughs) Right, now you have a very particular challenge tonight, right? Sounds difficult to me. You are going to be starting from the second half, you're going to be three goals down and you're going to have one player sent off. I mean... Tough, right? Let me just say, as a FIFA player, there's number one rule. You've got to have an excuse, and I've got a few ready. Ty. Oh, he's been so excited. Oh, look at his wee face. He's been so excited. <laughs> oh, dare you see this? Pumped, are you ready? Ready. I feel like I'm coming to play. I wish I was. But we meet our stand-in player, not originally supposed to be on Games Master. This is a Frankie Ward job, this one. Yeah, Hail Mary, as it were. Pretty much, yeah. Like, the original player couldn't do it anymore, so Frankie put any calls into the people she could, asking for favours, and Shells was the man that they got. And, you know... Good job that it shells as well because he's got a good pedigree to his name. He won the E Premier League for Man City. And he's also really personable. Like, people can criticize pro players, streamers, content creators, but you know what we don't get on this one of episodes? Awkward interviews. No, we do not. People who are camera ready. Yeah. I would argue that actually most average kids are slightly more camera ready now than they would be because we all carry cameras with us. You know, they are Mm -hmm. part of our phones. But still, these guys know how to handle interviews, and so does Shells. I think he's great. I think this interaction with the Games Master is really good. And Games Master's little rhyme at the end is quite charming. Exactly, yeah. That man is a poet, and he didn't even know he rhymed those words. But it (laughs) happens. Shells has got answers, like, you know, loaded in the chamber, essentially, because it's like, what does it take to be a, a pro player? My friends go out. I stay in. It's the only way you can do it. And I actually really enjoy his story about playing against Phil Foden as well. That idea that, you know, Aguero is one level, but Phil Foden, I had to lean in to, to play against Phil Foden. And I, I talked about speedrunners last week. That's when, if you get like two wins on a speedrunner, uh, on a game of speedrunners in our office, you find yourself just like, I'm just going to adjust my chair and I'm just going to just lean into this one so I can pick up that third win. It's gotten serious now. I'm playing uh, a Yakuza Ishin at the moment on the Xbox and there's a lot of kind of little missions where I'm just kind of like lay back on the sofa and, you know, Sol will be sat next to me, may have legs over my lap, you know, we're just, we're chilling, playing the game, enjoying our time together. And then we'll get to a certain boss and I'll be like, I need to sit up for this one. I need to hunch forward a bit because I'm, I know that I need to actually concentrate on what yeah, I'm yeah. doing rather than just button mashing through these guys. Exactly. And the exact thing, it's a case of, okay, game on. I need to focus <laughs> I need now. To focus on this one. <laughs> and also, it got those, uh, it's got those answers like loaded in the chamber already. I'm a FIFA player, 
So you need an excuse if you lose. And I've already got some saved up. I mean, that's not a FIFA player. That's a footballer. That's a, yeah. <laughs> or a contestant on Games Master. <laughs> and we've got a lot of tiny, like, you know, the, the whole, oh, I wish I was playing because I would do great on this. Setting up that final chance that we get. And we talked about, like, we didn't know, I, we should have asked Frankie, really, like, when they decided that it was a story they were going to do. Because they did it a lot. Like, you know, this was on the day that we shot. And it's on the Mortal Kombat challenge, which is also on the day that we saw Tate. It feels like mm. a lot of the tie, I'm the best player, was all done on that final day. Yeah. I feel the same about this as I do about the ending of episode two. This would have worked better with more episodes because you want to have a gatekeeper playing the saxophone. That's an episode seven out of ten, not two out of three. Yeah. You want to build up to Ty potentially being humiliated. That's a season-long story arc. And three episodes, it's a cluster. It's not a season. Frankie does bring up Rab's 7-0 loss to Ty, which uh, Frankie talked about. She loves to bring that story up. Rab does like his footy. He certainly does. Brings that up later on in this episode. I, this challenge is great. Yeah. It really, really is good. And the reason why I think this challenge is so good is because although he doesn't come close... It feels like he does. He has. And it's the way it's edited as well, because it's, it's so heavily cut down. Mm. It feels like he is always on the attack. He's always in the box. He's always sitting up for a challenge. But then just at the last minute, AC Milan steal it away from him. And it happens time and time again. So yeah. it is a cathartic release. You and I were there, so we know what that cathartic release felt like when he scored. It was a genuine, like... Yeah, come on. You can do this. We believe. We did, And we did believe. It really felt like once he got that goal in, he got his eye in and he was ready to go. I've got one kind of, I guess, production editing criticism on this. And it's to do with the audio. This is a challenge that has a definitive time limit. You can see the clock counting down on screen. I would have liked if the volume and the tempo of the music had escalated a bit because actually it's just a standard kind of like ambient loop, if you will. And then, duh, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think it kind of like going up and maybe having a little bit of the melody playing before, duh, it, it would have just kind of like escalated the drama because actually all it is is just a case of we're trundling along and then Frank is like, and the challenge is over. And I'm just thinking, hey, yeah, yeah the, the final, like, 10, 15, 20 seconds of it is probably, like, the, the it's the harshest buzz of the episode because that's when you realise he ain't scoring two goals. Yeah. Like, with those animations, he ain't scoring two goals. In the side. And actually, he doesn't need to score two, he needs to score three. Yeah. Like, it, it's or if not, he'd scored two, it might have gone to penalties. Might have done, yeah. But, oh, God, that would have been good. <laughs> Commentary are doing their best to make it sound like it is still possible, but they, are, they do come to the realisation it's not going to happen. And it doesn't. The final whistle blows and it is all over. So it's a shame, but Shell's probably said at the time, and Frankie mentioned when we interviewed her a couple of weeks back, he was never going to win this challenge. Can I just say one thing? Yeah. Big shout out to the crowd. I'm not going to lie, I was getting gassed when I was like... like oh, 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 oh. Thank you, thank you. Get a nice punch. Yeah. Get a nice punch. Well, I think... I think I started slow, as you, I think I heated up a bit. You know, some guy telling me to shoot, I was feeling it, I was feeling energy. <laughs> but um, it, it was a tough game, the CPU is incredible. Shells is great, he gives a shout out to the crowd. And we were a noisy crowd, because we were proper behind him. I think this was the loudest we were in all of the challenges that we saw. 
Like we were way louder than Splatoon. That was the first challenge as well. So we kind of hyped up for that. But yeah. we, we couldn't work out what was going on. We were way louder in this than we were for Mortal Kombat for Tekken. And the Mortal Kombat Tekken challenges were great. Yeah. But this one, you can see genuine like emotion and investment. Like those crowd shots. It's not just Ty as well, because Ty's really good in this challenge in terms of like he's into this. He's he stops being a TV presenter and is just a member of the crowd watching a great challenge. But you can genuinely see like investment from the crowd in this challenge. I mean, also Ty knows he'd have smashed it. <laughs> oh yeah, getting more of that. Yeah, building yeah, that yeah, up yeah, and yeah. stuff. Very good. I like the lad who's just like no one ever plays legendary mode, even if they say they do. They don't. It's crazy. I've got my friend over here. What did you think? What? I think the Games Master gave him an incredible challenge. If you ask anyone that's played FIFA, um, no one plays a legendary, even though they say they do. Mm. And being 3 0 down and one player gone, I think he done well. So everyone give him a round of applause. Come on. Round of applause. I can't remember if we covered this, but I think that guy might have known Shells. I think we, th- we assumed that he did because he was quite friendly with production as well. Yeah, I mean, he definitely knows FIFA, put it that way. Yeah, very much so, yeah. Uh, but Rab's never had to kill anyone he respects before, which really does bury a lot of the other people that have been killed on this show. But we have to take this one away and send him down to the abyss. And in true Games Master fashion, Sir Trev does a bad job of a football chance. 3-1, 3-1, 3-1. Three, one. Ooh, ah, Cantona. <laughs> <laughs> it really is that, right? All right, Gredo. All right, man. Can I ask you a question? All right. Do you know what a mod is? My girlfriend's dad was a mod in the 60s. He wore lumberjack jackets and mopeds and stuff. No, mate. No, no, that kind of mod. You know, gamers get games and they start modifying them, changing how it looks, changing how it plays, making it better. Sometimes, can you believe this, mate? Fixing the mistakes that the game designers made. Surely, but why would you want to buy a game that needs fixed? People do all the time. People are happy with that. Some of the biggest selling games are broke. How do you fix them? How do you fix They go in, they get in about that code, they change it. Right. Hackers? No lot hacking. You've got a kind of 1990s concept of hackers, right? No lot hackers. Coders, clever people, even just normal punters, get in about there and change it. You know, have you ever heard of a game called Doom? Doom. 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 Um, I mean, if Doom. Hell, Doom. So Doom. No. D O O M. Doom. Doom. And what, was, was that broken? No, 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 no. No, it's one of the best games ever made. Right. They made a mod for Doom called Thatcher's Tech Base. Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher. Scotland's end of level boss right now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do I ever try? This is a game that you've modified? I've not done it, I can't do it, I'm an idiot. Mm. A clever guy. Am I having to fix it? No, you're not fixing anything. You're Somebody else has fixed it for me. Grado, you're just playing it. I'm looking to involve in politics. Alright. You want to have a shot though? Come on. Let's go and kill Thatcher. I wouldn't say that on the telly. Come on. Come on. So this this is the best one, right? Oh god. It, yeah. it is this is the best educating Grado. Yeah. Doom. 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 Adaptive music's great because you got the punchline of I know what it was like to be a goose yeah and like the the like all that stuff's great I loved last week's one as well it's a book it's a book all games are big in Japan like I love that but this one is genuinely 
genuinely brilliant for a multitude of reasons. What's a mod? Oh, my girlfriend's dad was one in the 60s. Jackets the, and that. He had the big coat and then the moped. Exactly. Like, no, no, not that one. And why would you buy a game that needs fixing? Which is a great question, Grado. <laughs> and I say this as someone that has knowingly bought broken games. Although, when I bought it, it's because I knew the patches were already out there to fix it. <laughs> like, I bought um, Aliens, Colonial Marines, but I bought it at a stage when all of the work had been done by the people making the mods, and it also cost me, like, a fiver. That mm. was it. Like, buying it online would have cost me more, but I found a physical copy for a fiver, and I was like, ooh, have that. Yeah. So and you have all of that. Then you've got, are they hackers? No, that's a 90s way of thinking about this. These are coders. You're, you're thinking about Johnny Lee Miller. Exactly, yeah. The whole dumb, 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 dumb stuff. Thatcher's tech base calling Margaret Thatcher Scotland's final boss. <laughs> it's so good. And then Grado getting confused, be like, am I going to fix the game? Do you need me to fix it? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm going to play it. Does it need fixing? No, this is a modded game. It's the best it's the best bit of improv that these two have done all, all series, and it's really, really funny. Even just like, is someone going to fix it for me? No, just play the game. Let's go kill Thatcher. Yeah, it's just you, like you can't say that. I'm not getting involved in politics. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a career to protect. And then just that final bit of like monologue from Grado leading up to the punchline of going. Rob gave me the opportunity to play a modified video game called Thatcher's Tech Base. I can't show you when I killed Margaret Thatcher as we're not allowed to show it on the telly. But she was a mechanical cyber demon with big muscles and Margaret Thatcher hair. She had horns and I shot her with a shotgun. I also used a chainsaw and I punched her in the face. Well, what did you think? Loved it. Loved, Loved it. it. <laughs> <laughs> we had Thatcher's tech base uh, running in venue at UCP Live 1 and I wish we'd been able to open the doors earlier so more people got to play it because... It's not the best Doom mod, but it is fun. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is this is so great. Like it's it's brilliant setup. It's a brilliant punchline. And a lot of it is through Grado's delivery. When he is just like solemnly saying, I shot her with a shotgun, I used a chainsaw, and I punched her in the face. <laughs> it's so good. What I love about Grado as a performer is you get him in the wrestling. And you get him in other things. And he's a very big character. Like, he's, he's, I mean, you have to be to be a wrestler. You most, for the most part, you can't do subtle nuance in front of an audience of 80,000 people as it was this past weekend. But here, he gets to underplay. He gets to be the straight man, show very subtle amounts of bewilderment and also beautiful deadpan delivery when talking about punching Thatcher in the face. Or, you know, I knew what it was to be a goose. Stuff like that. It, yeah. it is real range. And it's why Rab tweeted about Grado in the build-up to the big pay-per-view this last week. Just pointing out, this guy is so talented that he gets all these, you know, X thousand viewers on TV. More than AEW does with its weekly TV show. And that's not wrestling related. That is just him out there being an actor and a comedian. Yeah. The guy's great. And he's a really, really nice dude as well. Coming up, Street Fighter Five. This is really close, Frankie. Four seconds left in this round three. Hold up. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to the show. We've just uh, cleaned out the Games Master's letter tray and we're ready for more action. We had a big, long discussion the first time round about Games Master's kind of like physiology. We get talks of buttholes later. Sure do. And also here, Rab has just cleaned out the Games Master's litter tray. Yeah. What is it? I mean, I suppose he might not use the litter tray. Maybe Games Master still has Raja. Oh, oh. Raja survived. Yeah. Like, he, he, he's got a few more polygons to him now, but he's still out there. I, I, it's like looking at Modoc or, I don't know, uh, to go a deep cut for the Ninja Turtles fans, Cowlick. Mm-hmm. How does it work? Well, Modoc, at least in Ant-Man uh, Quantumania, they reveal that he does have little tiny buttocks. He does, that is true, yeah. Cowlick. That I can't explain. No. That one I can't give you. And if there are people out there that are thinking, who the fuck is Cowlick? Google Ninja Turtles Cowlick. You won't thank me, but you'll be as confused as the rest of us. Google exists. Anyway, let's get into our final challenge. What are we playing, Games Master? This challenge is a head-to-head best of three fight on Street Fighter V, the latest from one of the greatest fighting game franchises of all time. While challenges may be tempted to button smash, Street Fighter V introduced the V-Gage for the first time, which they should use to gain an advantage. When players take a hit or block attacks, they fill their V-Gage, which in turn is used to enable each character's special V-Skills. These powerful moves will give challengers an edge, while their defensive V-Reversal offers a quick counter-attack. Now it's probably my least favourite Street Fighter. Yeah, I think this is everyone's least favourite Street Fighter, isn't it? I mean, I, would, I was worse at Street Fighter 3 
Yes, but I think there are people who like Street Fighter 3. No, but I, I like Street Fighter 3 more, and I'm worse at it. I just but, didn't but, get on yeah. with Street Fighter 5. I, I know, that's what I mean, is that even though there are people who love Street Fighter 3 and there are people who aren't very good at Street Fighter 3, even if you're not very good at Street Fighter 3, you probably still had a fairly decent time on it. I feel like no one liked Street Fighter 5. About the best thing I can say about Street Fighter 5 is that the Games Master Reboot Rap Party, I managed to take a round against Ketchup. And I know it's not his game, and I know it's not my game, but I won a round <laughs> against Ketchup, and I will take that with me. We both wished we'd been playing Street Fighter 4. Because it's a way better game. And I'd have lost soundly. I do own Street Fighter 5. It was bought for me. Thankfully, it was. I was told it, when it was bought for me, this is the edition that works. This, yeah, this yeah is, champion this, edition. Champion edition. This is the edition, and that's what they're playing here. This is the edition that works. This is the edition that actually fixes all of the bollocks from the, the first one. Bollocks is a, a key word here. We'll bring up that in a second. Um, but even then, I was like, eh, it's fine. It's all right. Like, I'd actually just had so much more fun playing Street Fighter 4. I haven't played 6 yet, but I have heard that it's very, very oh, good. Oh, yeah. I wish I had more time to play 6. In fact, my saddest thing at the moment is I've really dropped off the ranked and I need to get back on it. Even just kind of like on my lunch break booting up the PlayStation and getting on a Street Fighter 6 lobby. But anyway, this is Street Fighter 5. It's kind of cack, and it was exclusive to the PlayStation 4 for a good amount of time. Yep, and it's, it's not very good. However, what people remember from this challenge... No one actually remembers the challenge itself. I'm, I'm talking, you know, two years' worth of hindsight. No one remembers this challenge. I don't think people remember that this challenge is not for a golden joystick. I'd actually forgotten that this was not for a golden joystick until I rewatched it and I went through my notes again. But people do remember this line of Games Master Delivery. I've completed every single game. Every single game ever? Ever. Bollocks. I even made a gif out of it. I wasn't the only one, but I think I was one of the first because I think I made the gif from the review copy <laughs> and then just held on to it until after it was broadcast. It's so good. It's perfect. It is amazing delivery for what is a bollock statement to make. I've completed every game ever. Every single game? Bollocks. <laughs> Go on, do one. <laughs> it's it's great bit of Games Master stuff. But as we, we talked about this last week, these two lads here are kind of the original version of this reboot that was kind of pitched to us in the early days, which has that Games Master is going to be the place where scores are settled. It's brothers or it's sisters or it's siblings or it's best mates, it's husband and wives. It's people coming in and they've got a grudge to settle on a game. And you can win a Games Master Golden Joystick or maybe you could win something else. And that's what we have here. They are not fighting for a Golden Joystick. This is for one of the others. The loser has to pay for the other person's season ticket to Manchester United. Typical United fans, they're from London. I'm still trying to think about what we could have feuded over. Literally, who gets to open the podcast? And the thing is, I've opened the podcast a couple of times. It's fine. Yeah, it's all right, yeah. I think we've just established the pattern of you open, and then I go for a second line that's usually slightly riskier and sometimes ends with some dead air. Deliberately, because, you know, a joke not landing is funny. Sometimes yeah. funnier than the joke itself. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know what we would have done or what game we'd have picked. We probably would have picked... We'd have ended up on like Mario Kart or something, so we probably would have said, like, we both love Mario Kart 64. And they'd have given us Mario Kart 8. Yeah, exactly. We'd have probably ended up on Street Fighter. Really, like, you and I, because we both love Street Fighter, we'd have ended up in this spot. Well, I'm glad we didn't, because 
want to talk about the comments. Boy, howdy, there are opinions on the Street Fighter gameplay here. Well, and then will... what do you want comments? Because you didn't want pro players on this game. You wanted punters off the street. They've given you punters off the street, and guess what? They fucking suck at this. I mean, no, they don't <laughs> suck. They're just not good. <laughs> yeah. And that may sound like a contradiction, but it's not, because sucking would be not knowing any special moves. I know. Sucking I'm, I'm, would just I'm... be jumping repeatedly. But the comments do say that. Yeah, well, the, the lad is spamming that dragon punch. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I, I've done that. Yeah. I've already maintained and hold I am a scrubby ass Ken player. They're scrubby players. Yeah. And that's what, you know, but that's the my, my point I was making. Obviously, I was doing it for, for dramatic effect to say they suck. They don't suck, obviously. But it, sure, it's, they're lovely. Yeah. And also, it's, it's, a, it's more to make a point. But it's, this is not, the comments not knowing what they want. And you can either have pro players or you can have scrubby playing. There's like, there's no in between there. There was one comment that I bloody loved uh, that said, these guys were terrible. They, you know, just spamming dragon punches on Street Fighter V. If I'd been playing against them on Street Fighter II back in the day, I'd have kicked their ass. And I'm like, so if you'd been playing them on a different game in a completely different period of time, which given their age, they would have probably been much younger children, you would have won. Good on you, big good, man. Good, good on you, I guess. Yeah. Well done. That is the equivalent of football. If that had gone in, it would have been a goal. Yeah. God, do I, I don't even think I really like the setup for this either. This whole, like, I want to see Golden Joysticks one. That's why I'm kind of Games Master 4. I want to see them win a Golden Joystick. Like, you know, we get the skit later on, which is filmed by Chrissy Two Sticks, no less. Yeah. But I, I want to see Golden Joysticks one as opposed to season tickets. Because I don't even see them going to the games or anything. I don't even know if they ever did it for reals. And also... Because of this, and because of the next challenge, we don't really get many deaths in this episode. No, Because, yeah. spoilers, we get this challenge, and because the kind of the goal is not a golden joystick, it's you have to pay for your mate's season ticket, they can't really kill him at the end, unless it's like, oh, as part of my last will and... T Actually, that would have been a great gag. That would have been a much better sketch, is he goes into the abyss, and then the sketch is reading of the will and I bequeath the cost of a football season ticket yeah yeah that yeah. is a better payoff I, I, mean, I wrote in my notes you know way back when when we did this and I, and I hold it to it now this is the most original series challenge all those people in the comments they're like oh man I miss the old days of Games Master well you've got it right here because this feels like series one series two Games Master you either need to take off your rose tinted spectacles and I say that as someone that spent 198 episodes with rose-tinted spectacles on, or you need to go back and watch that original show because you haven't watched it for 20 years. I'm going to recount mine, actually. I'm, not, I'm, going, to, I'm going to take some of that back. Season 3. It's Series 3 playing of fighting games, when people have played a few of them and they know a little bit more about them. It's not like, you know, that, that first Street Fighter 2 challenge back in Series and 2. uppercut was a special move. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's people know what special moves are. They know, you know, like quarter circles and things like that. It's more Series 3 than it is Series yeah, 2. Yeah, I'd say that. Doesn't mean it's good. It's just that it's like, it's scrubby playing. And I quite like it from that aspect of it. It's, it's a bit real, but I think this is why they had more pro players on than they had punters off the street. Also availability. It's availability, but and the punters, you know, pro players are better. They're pro players. I would say with the full series, if you don't get pro players, get Twitch streamers on as a general rule, because if I apply to be on the new Games Master, and one of the fields in there is... What is your Twitch channel? And you put your Twitch channel in. 
production team will be able to go and check you out. Yeah. And they will see what sort of games player you are. They will see what sort of presence you are on the camera. So you don't need to be a pro player. You can be an utter scrub like me. But if you can make people laugh on stream and you can hold a joypad the right way round, you're probably good to go. Just out of thought, you and I probably would have been put on one of the wrestling games. Which means we probably would have been put on 2K20. Oh my God. Because there wasn't a 2K21. Yeah. Yeah, we'd have been on 2K20. Although by this point, I think the game was massively fixed. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I've been told that they really fixed 2K20. By the time 2K22 came out, they'd really fixed 2K20. They'd kind of put it on crutches. I mean, there's a reason they took an entire year out, you know? Because they needed to reevaluate yeah. what they were doing. But we'd have rather been playing an Aki game. I'd rather be playing No Mercy or like Here Comes the Pain or something. Or even if it had to be a non-WWE game that was current, we'd have been on Fire Pro World. But the problem is, they ain't three-minute matches. No, 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 no. Yeah. Now we'd be put on Fight Forever and you'd probably win. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Yeah, we'd probably, yeah, it'd probably be Fight Forever at this point. Uh, we're talking about stuff that isn't the fight because the fight is kind of... It's there. It isn't. I, I think I was harsher on this at the time than I am now because when we watched this the first time, we'd had a lot of pro players. And arguably, the Tekken gameplay later is a lot better as well. And of course, we'd been spoiled with ketchup and mustard. It's perfectly fine, Street Fighter. It's perfectly fine. Like, there's nothing bad about it. It's, it's totally okay. I, I think I feel for Frankie in this because Frankie is used to commentating on pro players. So she's like talking about, like, I'd really like to see them, you know, use the V gauge and like, you know, utilize some of the game mechanics on this. But I would wager, I don't know this for certain, but going by what we've seen with Daro Brian's Go 8-Bit, I would wager that they said, what game would you like to play? And they said, Street Fighter 2. And they said, well, we can't do that. We've got to put it on Street Fighter 5. Because that's exactly what happened with Daro Brian's Go 8-Bit, is that Ellis James was on there in Series 2 and he said, the game I'm picking is Street Fighter 2. We can't do that. Here's Street Fighter 5. And so they probably aren't aware of the V-Gage and all this sort of stuff. And it's just, they're playing it like they would have done Street Fighter 2 back in the day. I still don't get how people can play these games on the default PlayStation pads. It's just me. I can't do it. But that match was over. We do the standard thing of going to the audience. What did you think about the game? Oh, it was, it, you don't get Street Fighter matches much closer than that, do you? Right down to the wire in the third round. I really feel like Ash it would have been a bit more comfortable maybe with a heavier character. Maybe next next season ticket, go for like a Guile or a Ranker <laughs> and just nail it. Very, very polite looking dude in an Animal Crossing shirt says you don't get Street Fighter matches much closer than that. I mean, technically... Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Polite, polite enough. Yeah. I mean, it's it's accurate, but it's not entirely accurate. It's not close because they are experts. It's close because they were just equally matched. Yeah. And then yeah, we have the skit at the end that the Chrissy Two Sticks filmed. It feels very tacked on onto the end. It's almost like they forgot that there's actually no conclusion to this story. Can you just film something for? Because it's over in like ten seconds. I actually think this would work better without this. I think it's a case of, okay, so you've got to buy him a season ticket. We don't need to see it. It's not, like, it's not like the skit adds anything to it. This doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Because also he signs a contract. And I'm like, well, they're still not buying a season ticket. And surely you'd have signed the contract before. Should have signed it in the studio. Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. The, the, yeah, do it as part of the, do it part of the that's thing. That's it. Right. You lost. You need to sign this contract. You are now legally bound to buy his season ticket. Boom, they walk out yeah. while Rab tries to get holding people to chant Celtic. Holding the contract in the air, that's his prize. Welcome to beautiful Helensborough. 
Of course, I wasn't born here. I'm a Glasgow boy. Glasgow born and bred. So really for this review, I should have taken you back to one of my old haunts, Balarnock, Bermuller, the North Glasgow, where I played the games of my childhood. But the truth is, I'm here now, in Helensburgh, with my wife and kids, happier than I've ever been. So I'm very fortunate that there are great people out there who want to bring the games of my childhood to me. It's a great time to be a retro gamer. You've got things like the Mister, Google that. You get things like the Retro Tink, Google that. The OSSC, Google that. And quarter arcades, We quarter scale arcade machines in your house and they're amazing. Get that Googled. And now we have this thing, the Evercade Versus. The Evercade is a handheld retro gaming device. Takes cartridges, old retro games, beautiful curated collection, fantastic. I loved it, right? The Evercade Versus as a multiplayer extension of that device. Standalone though, you hook it up to your TV, 1080p, and suddenly you're playing speedball too with your pals. You're playing sensible soccer with your pals in front of the telly, just like the old days back in Glasgow. So this review, we said this at the time, because this wasn't out when this uh, episode aired. It was, it was set to come out. I remember saying on that episode, I think I might get one of these. Because this is, this is right up my alley. Rab sells me on this proper good. The whole idea of taking you back to your childhood, mm. which is basically what this podcast is, and being on a couch with your mates. That's one of my favorite things to do with games. It's really my favorite way to play games. And cartridges, it's, it's upscaled to 1080p. It is a perfect way to play these games. It's the best way to get hold of and i was then i looked i was like there's a worms collection there's a bitmap brothers collection there's like an oliver twins collection i was like i'm going to spend a quite a bit of money when i get the chance to when i get one of these i'm going to spend quite a bit of money doing this and you got like you know zeno crisis and tanglewood were available for it mm -hmm. i said i was going to do it and i did and i i don't think i've ever got to tell rab this he sold me on an evercade same I mean, in fact, he sold me twice because in front of me right now is the Evercade XP, which I kind of pre-ordered. I pre-ordered and backed it. And I'm just looking. I've, I've got a selection of cartridges with me. I've got the Oliver Twins cartridge. I've got the Technos Arcade. I've got IREM. That's got R-Type on it. I've got the Jellicoe collection. I've got so much stuff. I've got Namco Museum, and you can only play those Namco Museums on the handheld version. Because that's got the Street Fighter stuff on it as well, hasn't it? Yeah, it's the got Capcom Street Fighter. Yeah. It's got the Capcom collection built in. Street Fighters, your final fights, all, uh, puzzle fighters in there as well. I really like the Evercade ecosystem. There's a lot of people that will say, but why would I buy a separate console for that? It's available on my PlayStation, or you can emulate it, or you can get an Ambernak RG351 or whatever. And hey, I've got one of those as well. Mm -hmm. But it is the clamshells, the curation, the notes, the box, the, the experience. We've both got Evercade titles that are due for release pre-ordered. Yep. We've, we've got the Delphi collection, That's which includes Flashback at. and yep. Another World. That's what I was just looking at, because there's yeah the Delphine collection, Delphine software. I'm really, really excited about. Oh, yeah. Cannot wait. And that is also coming alongside the release of Full Void. Full Void looks like so much fun. Oh, it looks so good. I can't wait. That game looks absolutely awesome. We've been wanting to talk about this on UCN for a while. So it's actually, I'm glad that we got to talk about it here because we were going to do a UCN the day that the trailer dropped for it. And they were like, you want to be checking out this game. Yeah. And unfortunately that ucn got cancelled at the last minute because i had a family emergency 
But I was like, oh, I really want to talk about this game with Ash. And then we talked about it like just in the interim, you and I just sharing our excitement for it and stuff. But yeah, I, I keep seeing clips of it. I can follow him on Instagram. And I follow. I see clips of it and stuff. And I'm like, I'm so excited for that game. Same. And it's no spoiler because I've said it before. Future challenge-based UCP lives will feature the Evercade because there are games on there I want to do challenges on. No spoiler, Luke. I want to do a Burger Time challenge because I f***ing love Burger Time. Big fan of the Evercade. If I was to give some, some negatives on it so it's not just all positive, the controls are a bit cheap. And they feel a bit sort of like clicky and stuff. The on button's a bit... It's sometimes like it, it takes you a couple of goes to kind of get it going. The trick with that is don't just tap it. You hold it down for a second or two. It's a momentary switch. Yeah. And because I used to think that. And then I just got into the habit of going, oh, I press and I hold and release. And then yeah. it's fine. On the cheapness of the controllers, I will say, I'm just going to hand you my Evercade I've XP. Actually, I have not held one of these before. So that is much more solid yeah. than the controllers for the Evercade do. And it's much more solid than the original Evercade as well. Yeah. Like that to me has the same almost feel and build quality, certainly as some of the higher end kind of like emulation boxes, but also veering towards the Switch light. I would say so as well. That's really nice to hold. Yeah. And of course, the XP has something that I don't think they've added yet in the, um, the Versus, or they might be able to do in firmware, which is the tape mode. I'll hold it vertically for things like 1942 and things like that. And Burger Time. Yeah. That's the way you play it. And I hope they add the ability to rotate the screen on the Versus, if they haven't already, and I've just missed it. Because, hey, it's very easy to rotate a computer monitor 90 degrees. All my monitors do it. (laughs) This is such a good review. To the point where, you know, I'll, I'll say it again. I bought it. Off the strength of this review... I bought myself an Evercade and I bought a buttload of games for it as well. I've got a load of the, the collections and stuff. And there are some that I've still got on like my wish list of things. Yeah. Because I just what I really wanted was to play Worms again. I wanted to play classic Worms again. And it's not the easiest way to play it because it's better with a mouse. But I really enjoyed playing Worms on the Evercade. I think the Evercade is a um is a great little product. They're not a flawless company. Nope. They've made some missteps. If you go and search and find out about artwork used on their upcoming Duke Nukem releases, there were some controversies. They're doing their best to rectify them. And also, the Evercade XPs. I had to wait extra for mine because they were stolen. They were stolen, yeah. That's how good they are, Luke. They were stolen. <laughs> if you didn't listen to our first episode that we did about this and you've just like, you know, joined in now, let me just read you one of these collections here. This is the Codemaster collection. If you want to take you back to the old days of Games Master, listen to this. Sensible Soccer, Cannon Fodder, Megalomania, Cosmic Spadehead, and Psycho Pinball. I think all five of those games featured in the original run of Games Master. The Bitmap Collection has got Speedball, Chaos Engine, Xenon 2. The Namco Collection has got Splatterhouse 2 and 3. There's a a, a collection with Earthworm Jim, Boogerman, and Clay Fighter on it. This is classic Games Master right here. There was a meme going around on Twitter today or kind of like a retweet thing of like your five favourite Amiga games. And so many of the consistent three or four titles I saw are on the Team 17 collection. Yeah. And that's just like, you know, that's that's it. That's that, it, that, man. You know, that's the tweet. It's a, it's a great review and it's a very good product. Thanks, Rab. Talk about your paid product placement. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up. Bring in L the Witch. He's, He's done it again. He's nearly there. Mario Kart. <laughs> ah! Boys, let's go. Oh. 
boots and take the bins out. But it's Ellie's turn. It so isn't. Maricot, loser takes them out. Bag to dad for my team. So got this. I'm on your tail. New shell coming through. No! Oh! oh. Yeah! Yeah! It's so embarrassing. Bins are by the door. Yeah, mate, you're not terrible, terrible. I hear you. If you're not happy, you should talk to your agent about it, I think. Oh, sorry. Uh, Frankie, what's next? I do like to talk to an owl occasionally, particularly about contracts. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, they've, they've, they've got a good eye for legal detail. I mean, they've just got great eyes in general. <laughs> it's how they exist. Well, let's get into our celebrity challenge. What are we playing, Games Master? Our celebrity challenger will be playing an edition of the most popular and longest-running kart racing series of all time. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. They'll be racing the classic Yoshi circuit, where shortcuts are hidden behind secret waterfalls or guarded by piranha plants. Winning this race will be all about choosing the perfect combination of kart and driver before utilizing weapons effectively on the course. To be a successful Mario Kart racer, you must be ruthless. No one is safe from the dreaded blue shell. Now I know we're both big fans of the Mario Kart 64. Oh, yeah. But also, it's great seeing Mario Kart on Games Master. Isn't it just? Because we only really got it on the SNES. Yeah. And Series 3, and Series 2 in fairness, a couple of Super Mario Kart challenges. But we didn't get anything for the 64. So it's great to have Mario Kart back. We saw this uh, just a few weeks back when we did the Top Gear gaming show. And I talked about my experiences with uh, Mario Kart 8 there, which is that I haven't really, I haven't really played it. And I was not very good at it. It was almost there was too much sh happening on screen for me to like really get into. But as I mentioned on last week's episode, I do want to get good at it. I do want to play Mario Kart because I do like it. I've recently got my um, Game Boy Advance SP, mm. courtesy of, of your good self. Yeah. And now I've got Mario Kart Super Circuit on that. And I really like just play on the train, just playing Mario Kart Super oh, Circuit. Yeah. So one of the, it's one of the few games I carry around with me at all times. It's just if I've got like 10 minutes on the train, I'll just bust, bust open and I'll just play a bit of Super Circuit on the GBA. Who's next to snuff it? Hello. Hi, Games Master. Welcome to my realm. Thanks for having me. Why are you here? I am competing against a nine-year-old, so that should be fun. Hopefully I do beat the nine-year-old because otherwise it's quite embarrassing. <laughs> not against this nine-year-old. If I lose, it's not my fault. It will be someone else's fault for whatever reason. Spoken like a true millennial. Good for you. Thanks, Games Master. We've got Elves the Witch coming in as our celebrity here. It's, it's an odd celebrity choice. Considering that we, you know, had MC Fixer and Sunpai last week, who are both content streamers, but also our radio personalities, because Elves the Witch is like, she's a streamer, she's a content creator. It feels like she should be in the other portions of the show as opposed to the celebrity portion. And I think I made this point when we did this the first time round of, I don't feel there's much of a difference between the content creators and the celebrities, because the content creators also feel like celebrities. Elves has a following and is popular and you know, has a whole lot of stuff going on. But I would say there are other content creators and YouTubers that are more celebrity than Els that wouldn't necessarily be on Games Master, but that certainly would better justify being in the celebrity challenge. I think so, yeah. 
when we reviewed this the first time around, she had 223,000 subs. That's nothing to be sniffed at. Definitely not. That's a great number to get. And she's now up to 228. So she is still growing her audience and everything. So that's very, very impressive. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm definitely not going to throw any stones here because... <gasps> oh, that, that means I could also I could be classified as a celebrity for this. I mean, one of my channels has 850,000 subscribers. Would I be classified as a celebrity? The yeah, other, you would. Because some of the other channels have got, like, you know, we've got two other channels that are around the 250 mark and one of them is sitting just under 100. I think would I be I'd be a classified as a celebrity on Games Master. I I absolutely think you would. I, I I'm <gasps> I not even thought... blowing smoke. I think you would definitely qualify in the modern era of Games Master as a celebrity. I never thought of that. I don't think I mentioned that the first time around either. I remember my mum texting me saying that there's a YouTuber on Strictly Come Dancing. That means that you can now be on Strictly Come Dancing. And that YouTuber was um, God. Who was that really popular uh, YouTuber? The one who made like she made a cookbook or something that featured no recipes in it. Um, but it was her brother, Joe Suggs or something. Anecdotally, yeah. An- anecdotally, whoever it was. But he had like 5 million subscribers. And I wanted to be like, Mum, there's a, there's a big difference between that guy and what we do. Like, he's an actual celebrity. We just make YouTube videos. Yeah. But, yeah, but I think fun. you would qualify as a celebrity by the Games Master standards of celebrities for the new era. That's a thumbs up from me then. And as proof of that, generally, you get more views on the YouTube videos that you produce daily than some TV channels do on their programmes. For a worldwide audience, yeah. It's still recognition. Yeah, I did have a lot of people stop me over the weekend. But anyway, regardless of how many subscribers she has or whatever's going on, I actually really like Els. I she's think really she's really good. Yeah, she's really good. She's really fun. Spoken like a true millennial. Yeah. <laughs> then the owl comes back. Not you again. I told you. A contract's a contract. I'm not having this discussion again. And hey, Luke, a contract is a contract. (laughs) Did the owl agree to pay for someone's season ticket? (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome to Games Master. Thanks for having me. Why are you a witch? I'm not, okay, I'm not a real witch. But when I was younger, my friends called me witch instead of the B word because I would get grumpy. Of course, an actual witch would say that. But I've read Discworld. I know how this works. We mentioned this last week. You know, her favourite games are old games. It's Final Fantasy VII. It's San Andreas. And you might be thinking, San Andreas is an old game. It is. It's, you know, it's it's 20 years old at this point. No, 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 no. That was five years ago. (laughs) (laughs) And Ocarina of Time, which is remarkably older than San Andreas, even though that only came out three years ago. My original note on this was, old games, Luke, these games are old now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they are. But these are the games that were brand new when we were finishing up Games Master Series 7 that are now old because of where we are now. And I also like Rab being like, everyone here is a fan of Final Fantasy 7. I was like, I've seen what you said on Video Guiden. Final Fantasy 7. Any list like this has got to be in. It's got everything you need in the game. It's got a sprawling mess, a story, you know, it's got your overrated music, crap characters, shite design, ridiculous dialogue, horrible fan base full of weirdos, fat birds and pathetic social you know so it's a masterpiece oh history erasure (laughs) but yeah so these games are old like symphony of the night but she's got a strategy for mario kart and it's not to be in first place which is a very very valid tactic for mario kart it's more valid 
in like more than two multiplayer. Yeah, I think so as well. And particularly in older games, because there's more of a catch-up mechanic in the older games. Yeah. And Rab gets in his wrestling reference of the week when he calls little lad Larry a genetic freak. I imagine Larry's math is considerably better than the person <laughs> he's referring to. Don't be so sure, he is only nine. I stand by my <laughs> statement. In my career in the gaming industry, I've met some true gaming greats. But none quite as infamous as the legendary Big Boy Barry. But now, the boy has surpassed the God of War. He loves nothing more than beating celebrities at video games. And he's got school in the morning. Well, speaking of, he does have school in the morning, even if he does like beating up celebrities and playing video games. This is definitely a first night challenge. Uh, Larry looks a little shy. He's not quite kind of... I mean, he is in this studio now, surrounded by cameras and lights and people and a strange Scottish man. It's quite intimidating. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have as much pizzazz about him. But I can see why they also kept this one till last, because this is the closest of the three celebrity challenges that we have. But Larry is very wise in his choosing of a character. Luigi is a solid choice. Elves are also good. Going with Toad. Toad is one of my defaults. Good mid-characters, that. Yeah. But Luigi's always my pick. He was my pick on 64, and he's been my pick out onwards. I go, well, I say onwards. Wii and uh, DS. When we played Mario Kart 64 at the All History book launch... Did I toad it and you Luigi it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And I won. Because I always and you won, and I won so we yeah. won one apiece. Because I go. always go for... If I don't go Luigi, I go for a heavier character, like a Donkey Kong or a Bowser. That's only if someone's picked Luigi over me. And it's a much closer challenge than we've had in the previous two on this, because Larry ain't taking them corners well. I still don't like motorbikes in this game. Well, that's it. they talk about this later on, that, you know, choosing the cart was the smarter option. There was also a comment that I saw left that said that um, Els had steering assist on, so that might have also helped her uh, throughout the throughout the course. But yeah, Larry is just constantly like using the walls to guide him round, and it means that Els is often in like not in first place, but certainly out in front and and beating Larry by some distance. But Larry makes some good comebacks, and he is never knocked down. And if he gets knocked down, he gets right back up again. And it, this is a proper. That's the beauty of Mario Kart Race, where you feel like you there's no way you can come back, and you just need a couple of things happen, and boom, before you know it, you've actually won. And in this case, Larry has won. He's done it again for the third and first time. <laughs> he certainly has. He doesn't even get a golden joystick for his troubles either. I think he must have. He must have been given a golden joystick. I would have thought Mate, so. Mate, if we were given a golden joystick, yeah. he must have been given one. Uh, yeah, just, well, I mean, he's just given on screen. How do you do that when you've got him coming back week after week, though? That's the problem. You yeah. can't really do it. It's the same when we get to the final challenge. Like, you know, Ty doesn't get killed because he's in the final link. Yeah. Even though we literally watched him be sent into the abyss when we were there being taped for it. There just isn't enough death in this episode. <laughs> Apart from this one. This one is actually definitely a death and a reference to Squid Game, which, uh, that that's 2021. That's 2021 for you. Although, again, we'll be in 2023 as we're looking down the barrel of the real Squid Game, which is meant to be coming out at some point. They filmed it beginning of this year. Yeah. I imagine Netflix, like many other studios, are going, is it wrapped and in the can? Let's hold on to it for a little bit until we worked out how much longer we're going to continue to stink things up over the writers and actors' strikes. Me and my boys love gassing myself up online and getting competitive. 
But if you're saying you're the big man, you gotta prove it. So now I've got the games master behind me, I wanted to put two of my best mates through their gaming paces. Yo. These are my boys, LV General and Kamali. Fam, where's he got us, fam? It's coming like some haunted church or something they put us in. They both think they're the best gamers of all time. Been taught how to play these games from young. I've become the boss of games. No, he plays the games and whatever. He's an old school man. And I'm bringing a new school. So your boy Ty Logan's gonna put that to the test. What's going on, guys? You're right. Welcome to Ty's Asylum. Let's get straight into it. The boys are going to be playing three wicked games that test their gaming abilities across the board. That's one retro fighting game, a AAA console game, and a virtual reality game on the Quest 2, all to find out who is the actual best gamer ever. And the loser is getting punished for talking the talk and not walking the walk with an ice bar. Who's getting in the ice bar? Who's getting in the ice bar? Welcome to the sponsored portion of today's episode. Uh, th we didn't get one in the second episode. There was no MetaQuest sponsorship bit. I mean, it is a MetaQuest sponsored bit, but only one third of it. And it's kind of sort of to build up to it because the idea is that Ty has got two of his mates in to play a game from the past, a game from the present, and a game from the future with the, the, the MetaQuest thing here. But this does feel like YouTube content. This feels like, you know, uh, I've set my mates these challenge and they're going to, it's filmed like YouTube content. This feels like it's supposed to there's be. There's an ice bucket involved. That's what I mean. It's like, you know, there's a challenge at the end of it. It feels like this should have been clipped out and put up onto YouTube as its own separate video. It's not, it's not very good. As an advertisement for the MetaQuest thing, I think it works. I think it works as an advert. I actually think that uh, Ty and his mates are great. The chemistry is natural. The bit where the seat breaks is really kind of funny. Uh, people want to complain about Scrubby Street Fighter playing. Hey, guess what? There's more of it. But it's okay because it's on Super Street Fighter 2, Girl versus Honda, being played on the PlayStation 5, which I guess would make it part of the Capcom collection or the Street so, yeah. Fighter 30th anniversary collection. Yeah. And I like the, the spin in the wheel thing that they've got there where, you know, I'm picking the characters for you. Again, that kind of feels like YouTube content. That's the sort of content that we'd have suggested. It's a mechanic I would apply to if we did a Street Fighter challenge. Yeah. So Kamali wins the first part of this. And then they go into a FIFA challenge where they're playing FIFA 22. And LV wins that one. And then you get into the, the meta quest portion of this where it's like a sort of ducking and shooting game. It's like a hide and seek shoot em up game. If I had the space for this... This is a game I would love. I love the idea of being in a blank room where the meta quest or whatever your VR getup is knows the boundaries of the room and then in the VR world generates the walls and obstacles and duck and cover mechanics. That to me is really, really cool use of VR. It's the same with the America um, home circuit thing, which is that it is good on paper but you need the space for it. Like, you can't do this in your living room. No. If you had a garage, there we are, back on having garages again, but if you had a garage, which is essentially a concrete box anyway, as long as you've got nothing in your garage, which is usually the first problem of having nothing in the garage, it would work great for that. From a sponsor's perspective, it's the matter this because we do a lot of sponsored content in the, in the videos that we make. can't imagine that MetaQuest were thrilled with the output at the end. Because I don't think either of the two sponsored bits that they get are particularly great advertisements for the thing. And then when you look at the comments and stuff, no one's really talking about any of the MetaQuest stuff. So it's talking about things around it. And when I've spoken to, you know, 
viewers of this show about their thoughts on the, the reboot and stuff, no one ever mentions the MetaQuest stuff. Just mention all the other challenges. I feel like this is, there's not, I mean, it's, it's probably a reason why they didn't opt to sponsor another series. Leaving aside the politics of the company, I actually think the MetaQuest 2 is a really cool bit of hardware. Literally the only reason I don't use it more is physical space because there are a lot of very cool experiences and games on it. However, it is difficult to showcase a lot of those experiences and games on a television show because you kind of need to experience it. You need to be in there. But also, you don't want it to just look like an infomercial. Like Beat Saber, it didn't do a terribly good job of selling the Quest 2, but also it didn't feel like you were being force-fed it. Likewise, the way this bit is put together... I actually think is really clever because what you're doing is you're looking at three different styles of playing game. You've got 2D Street Fighter, you've got 3D FIFA, and then you've got immersive MetaQuest. Exactly. You've got the past, the present, and the future. Exactly. But they don't lean into it so much that it feels like a sales pitch. I think that works for me as a content consumer, but you're right, it probably doesn't work for Meta as a sponsor. No. I, I don't know that there is a way to do this and give everyone what they want because we also know that they recorded various voice idents, Games Master bought to you by MetaQuest. Mm. Maybe that's mainly what they paid for. Was just to have the name brought yeah. to you by, and that's that's all it is. Just like because there's going to be three ad breaks, and it's going to be on all all three of those ad breaks, and as well the intro uh, stinger at the start. Yeah, I, obviously, I mean, we don't know the behind the scenes details of like how Meta actually felt about it. I, I I don't know. I, I don't think this segment particularly works. It's like this one and the uh, costume stuff from the previous week and the Beat Saber stuff and the Beat Saber stuff from the week previous to that always feel like the bits that just stick out like sore thumbs. Like Rab's reviews feel like they're part of the show. And I guess it's because they don't have a consistency to them. Educating Grado is the same thing every week. Yeah. Rab's reviews are all filmed in the same style. Like they ha- they are the review portion of this. The three features don't, like I would, if you look back at the original series, features on Games Master felt like the same feature. It's just this is the this is the style of feature that we have. But I think all three of these have been vastly different. Just means that it's just it feels bitty. If these three features had all been focused around Ty and his mate, exactly so Beat Saber, yep. Ty and his mate, uh-huh. uh, the costumes things, maybe still have Frankie in there to you kind need, of adjudicate. Exactly, you need Frankie there for that. But. You've got one of them as quiet, one of them in the Big Daddy, exactly. guy, uh, tie in the ghillie suit. If all, if it was all Kamali and LV on every single episode, that works because that's consistency. Yeah, I mean, and you could have would... actually probably still found a way to had Grado in there because you know Grado was quiet was funny. Plus, it's like it's if you. Yeah, you know, looking at the costume challenge, if you have Frankie and Ty, because if Ty's always the one that's setting the challenges for his mates to be doing, yeah. you'd have then had Kamali, say, in the Big Daddy suit, and you'd have had LV in uh, the Ghillie suit, and Grado was quiet. You've Frankie s- could have still done the voiceover. Exactly. Frankie didn't even need to be there, but could have, like, done the scene setting. Yeah. Yeah. I think the worst thing I can say about this as a piece of sponsored content is... I actually forgot it was sponsored content. I just thought it was Ty and his mates playing three different games. And even though I knew it was a Quest 2 being used and VR and all that stuff, it still didn't register as sponsored content. Certainly not as much as the Beat Saber. Yeah, it's some proper YouTube content is what it is. It's the sort of content that me and my mates make. And LV gets a clean sweep on the VR game. Yeah. Which also perhaps is not great because you'd want it to be a bit more competitive. But hey, Kamali takes the ice bath. 
That is also very 2021. Coming up. I talk the talk and I can walk the walk. We've got a special challenge that we like to call the tiebreaker. Oh, blocked! A comeback! A comeback! Oh, tie! Have fun. Thank you. Okay, guys, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. How long has it been since we've done this? This brings back so many memories. Just wait for me, wait for me. Yeah, you just try not to fall off this time. What? No! Some things are just never change. These plants trying to eat me, they're making me hungry. You are always hungry, man. Oh, we're almost there, Jens. Every man for himself now, boys. The pole's mine, mate. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes! We should definitely do this more often. <laughs> The Mario Red and Blue Edition Nintendo Switch with carrying case is available while stocks last. Oh, welcome back. I'm actually surprised you came back. You're actually enjoying it. You're enjoying it. Okay, that's good. That's good. Take a look at this. Ah, there's nothing quite like hanging out with your pals and playing games. Today we're going to try out a game we haven't played before and decide whether we're going to reach into our pockets and spend our surprisingly modest E4 pay packets on it. Valheim is this epic first-person survival game where you play this Viking guy that's fallen down through Valhalla, whatever that is. You and I were, were slightly, we talked about this earlier, slightly different thoughts on this edition of Colleagues. Kind of wish we had more of this. Obviously, you know, we've only got three episodes, but we didn't have a Colleagues last week. Yeah. And I think the only reason why I was a I was a bit down on this one is that they're not into it. And I think you you know, that's always good because I think you need to have light and shade. You can't just have everyone like every game that they're playing. But when I think back to like, you know, episode one with Can't Drive This, that made me want to buy Can't Drive This. And I did, and it made me want to buy it and it made me want to play it. Whereas this one here is I'm just watching like like Ty is so bored with this game. And he said, well, Rab went in with a lot of expectations and clearly didn't get on with it much either. And it just ends up being like, I've heard good things about it. I'm Scottish. I like this colleagues because they genuinely feel like colleagues. This colleagues is not about the game. This colleagues is about Frankie doing 4D by flapping and like pretending to be the bird holding yeah. Ty by his shoulders. By Rab trying to find words to say and going, I'm Scottish. Frankie's people being nerds. Both Rab and Frankie just getting the giggles Get on proper camera. giggles. This, I think, may have come slightly later in the colleagues. Perhaps should have asked Frankie. Sorry, Frankie. But it's because they just all feel slightly more meshed together. And perhaps they're a bit tired. It's been a long day. They've been doing a lot. But it's the fact they're having a bit of a giggle. It's, it, why, it's why we wanted to see more of it. Yeah. Because this is we said this in episode one, uh, the revisit of episode one. This is the stuff that makes them feel like they're friends as opposed to three people who were thrown together through a casting call. And that's what you need from this show. Like, you need, we talk about comparisons to Top Gear. The original revisit of Top Gear, when it was the, the Clarkson era, is because it's three mates, three mates having a lark around and, you know, punching members of staff. And then the, the new cast came in and they weren't friends. They were just people that were thrown together, but trying to pretend that they were friends. This is the part of the show where you're like, no, these are mates. Yeah. And that informs then a lot of the studio stuff. And it helps the relationship between uh, Rab and Frankie feel much more genuine when they're on commentary together. And also it is one of the, like one of those moments which just really shows one, I think how tired they were, but also how silly this entire thing is, is when Ty is going, 
I prefer, you know, fast-paced action. But hey, these guys did really well. You know, well done to them. And applauds the monitor. Yeah. And that sets Frankie and Rab off again of just laughing at him. It's good fun for all those people that are just going, oh, box-ticking woke. Watch these three together on this. Yeah. Because that's not three people that have just been shoved together to kind of like meet some mandate. Those are three people that have been put together by a casting call, but the reason they've been put together is because they click. Because they, they, they work. And in Frankie's case, because she was vying for this job from the point of announcement. Kai, my good friend. My friend. Yeah, my friend. My Come friend, yeah, yeah. Games Master yeah. and myself have noticed that you like to talk yourself up a lot. I talk the talk and I can walk the walk. I've been gaming since the age of two years old. No, that's my game. If I was sat in that chair, you know, I'd have smashed it. I feel like I'm coming to play. I wish I was. If I was in the game, I'd have beat them both. I'd have beat everyone. It's crazy. So if you want me to show you, let's go. What challenge you got for me? We've got a special challenge for you. A special challenge that we like to call the tiebreaker. So we got the conclusion to our series-long storyline, I suppose you could say, which is Cluster that... long. <laughs> which is that uh, Ty has got a big mouth on him and thinks that he is the best games player that you've ever seen in, in any of these Games Master things. And so they create the tiebreaker, which is going to set him off against another celebrity that is coming in in the form of Dev Griffin. And... I, I really like this as a, the payoff to the series of this is your final challenge. You're bringing in Dev and it is Ty finally getting his comeuppance in a way. But let's find out what they're going to be playing. What is it, Games Master? For this challenge, I've chosen Tekken 7. One of the most popular video game franchises of all time, Tekken is an iron-fisted fighter that evolved from a button basher's dream to becoming a game of immense skill and precision. Which means character choice is everything, as each requires a completely different playing style. Combos are key to Tekken's success, so challengers will need to have spent plenty of time getting to grips with their character to maximise their combo potential. Luke, it's the tail end of 2023, and we're finally getting a new Tekken. Are we really? Because this was released in 2015 for the arcade, the, origin, the original limited arcade run. The home version didn't appear until 2017, but now, 2023, Tekken 8 is right around the corner. It looks very, very pretty. I will probably play it. I will enjoy it, but then it will go back on the shelf and I'll go back to Street Fighter 6 because I enjoy Tekken, but I'm always going to be a Street Fighter player at heart. Really enjoy the difference time makes. You know, you look at that original run of Games Master, we had Tekken appear about halfway through the Games Master run, and then we ended Games Master with Tekken 3. There have been three games at this point. And here we are, some 20-odd years later, and we're on Tekken 7. And Tekken 7's been sat on the shelf for six years. I find it very interesting that, you know, you look back in the 90s, it was about new version, new version, new version, sequel, sequel, sequel. Now it's more a case of release a game, and here then are just updates, additions. DLC. DLC. Yeah. It's stretching out the shelf life of a title, which saves you and then on making a new one. Yeah, it does. I mean, I'm sure there are fiscal reasons as a game player. I think I also prefer that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, as a consumer, there's a much better way of doing it, right? Like, that's the problem with FIFA, is that I have to buy a new FIFA game every year. So, well, the rest thing is I have to buy a new WWE game every year. I'd much rather buy... The, and the idea behind AEW Fight Forever is you buy one copy of it, and then every year you just get the updates. And you just get a patch update that updates the roster and adds new features to it. 
fingers crossed that actually works. Absolutely. But we've already got a little bit of insight into how this challenge came together from Frankie. Go and check out the interview that went with our episode zero of this Series 8 Redux. She basically kind of handpicked the characters they were going to be playing. Like, she was just like, Ty is going to be Eddie Gordo. Yeah. And because she references the Tekken 3 demo disc yeah. at the end of this challenge. And that's why she, she picked these two characters. She's the characters that she knows one uh, on how to do commentary on. Oh, hi, Games Master. I'm dead. What do you do? I'm a radio DJ. Do you have a terrifying message to strike fear in the heart of your competitor? Yeah, I got a message from my competitor, okay? You're going down, probably. And if you don't, then you'll be getting the upper hand and I'll be the one going down. Overall, I'll have a really good time and perhaps we're friends afterwards. Chilling. I just want to say how much of an honour it is to be on Games Master. I've been in love with your giant yeah, head okay, since all I was right. about this high. So Enough of that. Thanks for having me. Somehow you managed to crawl up my bum when I don't even have one. Be gone with you. Thanks, Games Master. Radio DJs. They're worse than newsreaders. So we meet Dev Griffin, who's a radio DJ. But more importantly, finalist on Celebrity MasterChef. Oh, yep, sorry. I will bow to your expertise on that, having never watched Celebrity MasterChef. And he's got a terrifying message for his opponent. Maybe we'll be friends later. Yeah. This reminded me of Simon Miller cutting a promo on uh, Top Gear. I really like Dev. I love Dev on Celebrity MasterChef. I think he's great on this as well. He's a good personality. He's also uh, very good at climbing because he manages to crawl right up Games Master's bum when he doesn't even have one. Well, but do, but do we know that for sure? I've just remembered, I think our last theory on this was owl pellets. And there's an owl in the Games Master... Ah, ah it's all connected. Yes. The red strings are coming together <laughs> yes. at long last. Yeah, I think the, 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 um, the, the, the conclusion we came up to, and I can't remember if this was on a UCN, the wrap-up episode, or if we even left it into the last one, was Games Master hocks up owl pellets, which thankfully had then just burnt in the, uh, the, the, the slurry, the mm. magma. But a nice uh, meta joke there, speaking of meta quests, nice meta joke there of radio DJs. They're worse than newsreaders. Wink. And the more I've thought of it, the more I've realised that kind of our career path of podcaster is very much radio DJ meets newsreader. We are kind of the offspring of a regrettable night in Soho. I had Dev's uh, an upfront lad here. I'm a sore loser. I'm I'm totally ready to kick off if I don't win this. He's also a classic Commodore 64 player. And he's no stranger to blowing on some carts. (laughs) Diamondism. Diamondism. So yeah, we've got Shoyu here being picked and Eddie Gordo. Frankie picked those two. Those are the two characters she knows the best. She mentioned this in the in the interview. It's not it's not out of late. She had to learn so many games in such a short amount of time to make sure that she was doing the best job possible on commentary. So to kind of save yourself on tech, which has got like 50 odd characters on it, she's picking two characters that I already know. I don't have to learn extra gubbins about them. I can just tell you everything about these two characters off the bat. That's really good by Frankie. That's a very smart play. This is a really fun challenge. I think it's actually a shame it's on the same episode as Street Fighter V because, okay, the Street Fighter II gameplay was part of a broader package. It wasn't the full challenge. It was just a little blip. But this is Street Fighter V earlier with some scrappy play. And this Tekken gameplay isn't great but because of the nature of Tekken it feels better because Tekken flows it certainly does yeah it's much easier to look like a good Tekken player and not be 
than look like a good Street Fighter player and not be. Speaking of things being edited out of the episodes, there's a bit cut from this that was there when we did the record, which is that Frankie was trying to get the audience to bury Eddie and like boo Eddie Gordo and this, that and the other because no one likes playing against Eddie. But the crowd didn't really get into it. And the reason for that is because we could barely hear her. Yeah. And we were talking about this when we spoke with her a couple of weeks back, which is that there were so many like... The, the way that sound bounced around that room, she was struggling to hear audio in her headset. We couldn't hear what they were saying. So we didn't pick up on what she was putting down. And I think quite rightly, they just cut it from the episode. You want to talk about being hoisted by your own <laughs> petard because, hey, we know Ty is meant to be here as the hype guy. And when Ty makes the comeback and takes the second round, drawing it equal, he thinks... I'm going to go celebrate this. I'm going to do a lap of victory around the studio. The hype got to him and he just started, like Forrest Gump, he just started running. And Dev's like, oh, he's put his controller down. Next round. Next round. Now, <laughs> is this cheating? No. Is it unsportsmanlike? Maybe. Is Ty a daft bugger for running around the room when he hadn't even won the game? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And as a creates quite a bit of drama in that final round as well because the fact that Dev gets this you know blind start more or less by just being able to batter him without him being even like without him even looking at the screen Ty makes a big comeback like it looks like he's actually got this in the books it's really tense and really really funny and yeah Ty loses and he is proper like that was cheating he cheated I demand a recount. That was cheating. If I lose my job today, it's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really funny. But Dev makes the very astute point. It's not over until it's over. And Ty acted like it was already over. Dev which he did. Absolutely right. Which he yeah. did. Finish from both of the boys. Is that great? You see what he's done? Great. You see what he's done? It's not Come my fault if you were doing no, laps no, no. around the room. He's a cheater. Come and join us. You know, so what happened. You saw what happened. Nah, it's crazy. Rab, you saw what happened. If I lose my job today, it's your fault. <laughs> what was that all about? The guy was up at his chair. Listen, if they're going to be doing laps around the room, well, it ain't <laughs> over till it's over. <laughs> Frankie, come on, explain this. Well, Deb knew when to literally just stay still, basically take a punch. And then he knew when to take his moments, when, when your moves were on a cooldown. Or when you're running around the room, like... Sick uh, <laughs> advantage. Yeah, there's, um, there's a lesson to be learned there, Ty. But as you are a very busy individual, and like we can get hold of you, and I don't know if Channel 4, if you'll be coming back, you know, Games Master may now be below your pay grade. I, you know, may, maybe it's a lesson you'll carry on to some other aspect of your career. But we get the very lovely, like, and, you know, it's that radiant sunshine that, that Frankie brings to a room where she just reminisces about being a nine-year-old girl who couldn't afford Tekken 3, but did have a demo disc that had two characters on it. And she loved playing that demo. So you made her a happy woman today. It's beautiful stuff. And plus, like, it's, you know, we mentioned this the first time around, but it bears repeating. The final challenge of Games Master way back when, was Tekken. And we end this run, and possibly really do end Games Master, with Tekken once again. And that's, that's beautiful in a way. It's also the only golden joystick in this episode. Yeah, and Rab doesn't really want to give it to him because he doesn't like how Dev got this victory, he doesn't like the trash talk, but contractually, he has to give him the Games Master golden joystick. 
genuinely seems overjoyed to be taking one of these home. He really wanted that thing. And Rab says, you're a bad guy. Get out of this hoose. <laughs> I've got strong memories of them recording Ty going into the abyss. I'm almost certain they filmed him going into the abyss. And then remember thinking, they haven't filmed any outros without him. I wonder how they'll do that in the edits. Turns out, you just remove the abyss bit. <laughs> they just don't don't put that in there so he could be part of the outro. I wonder if maybe they originally planned to have it, like, I don't know, he does the fall and somehow gets saved and, like, Games Master went to go, oh, no, you don't get off that easy. Yeah, or maybe they thought Ty will win. And, True. De- and Dev goes down instead. Yeah, although I love the concept that Ty just refusing to shout and just folded arms falling into the abyss stoic that have been really good well that's it for the return of games master it's been such an honor to stand here with my two new best friends ty and frankie and i need you to understand that i don't do this stuff for the fame or the money i do it as we all do for the love of video games good night is that my goal but as then as now for now the return of games master is over Rab says he's been honoured to stand here with his two new best friends and he doesn't do it for the fame or the money. He does it for the love of video games and a massive wheelbarrow full of bricks painted gold. Very, very good. It's a good outro, that one. I remember they, they filmed it a handful of times when we were there like, to make sure they get the best reactions out of Frankie and Ty. And some of the bricks kept falling yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good one to end on. And yeah. it really does pay off a lot of what uh, Rab's been setting up throughout this about like his big contract, very you know, tying back into Dominic Diamond's. And that is it. As far as we know, this this the final episode of Games Master. Dan Hammonds in the YouTube comments, and I read this out in the first one, uh, the first time we did this episode, but I do want to read out again. Much like the US version of The Office, I started out skeptical comparing it to the original series, but in a short space of time, everyone started to shine in their own unique way and made it their own. You nailed it. I love the positive energy and how you capture that community spirit we gamers used to feel back in the 90s. This has left me wanting more. And I still believe that to this day. Because watching back these three episodes, it does make me want to have more. I want to see these three do more. Particularly because I don't think Ty got enough to do in this. Uh, But I'd love to see more with Frankie and Rab. Because I think they've got genuinely brilliant chemistry together. So if we're pitching with Rab, Frankie and Ty continuation of games master and to meet your kind of observations shorter episodes we go back to the three challenge format so regular challenge celeb challenge regular challenge question mark over what quantifies a celeb but i think you're in with a shout we keep colleagues we keep rab's reviews and we keep educating grado here's my suggestion rab's reviews or rab's news because it could be either mm-hmm. is between challenge one and the celeb challenge and then you flip-flop between educating grado and colleagues for the feature section which is between challenge two and three yeah the only thing i still think and i still believe is i think even here the challenges need more time to breathe and i'm not sure you could do that with three challenges and two bits of kind of extra content in a 30 minute show that is actually 23 minutes yeah. If it was an actual 30-minute runtime, maybe. Because then you've got uh, seven minutes, seven minutes, seven minutes for challenge, including intros. And you've got nine minutes to split over feature, feature, intro, outro. But then that makes it a 45-minute television broadcast. And 45-minute television broadcasts confuse broadcasters. It's why it 
doesn't happen often. No. So I've, I've been thinking about this a lot over the last few weeks while we've been doing this, about my thought of, like, I do think these shows uh, would be better at half an hour. The problem with that is, as you've mentioned, you lose a lot of the gameplay, and that's kind of what you want out of a Games Master show, particularly a modern-day Games Master show. You want the gameplay. You want slightly longer challenges. You don't want two-minute challenges every single time because you don't really get enough of the gameplay in there games are more complicated now it exactly it. absolutely and like but you need to have those features because you need to break them up however if i'm also looking at this as a digital first bit of content which it is youtube videos asking someone to stand for a 40 odd minute magazine format youtube is not designed for magazine formats then mm. they're designed for evergreen videos and this is an evergreen video but those evergreen videos tackle one topic the, and you look at the titling of these YouTube videos, they don't know how to title these things because there's too much happening. There's too much things to reference. If you chop this up into individual videos, those are easy to title. They're easy to thumbnail. But when I look at this, I wouldn't know how to title and thumbnail this because it's hard to title and thumbnail a magazine format. If you're making this a digital first thing, you need to be digitally focused as opposed to making a TV show that you're then putting onto YouTube. I think in my head what I've just come up with is something which sadly I don't believe is financially viable. You take digital first and you genuinely run with it. And by that I mean every week the Games Master YouTube channel, because it would be its own YouTube channel, it wouldn't be part of E4, releases three challenges, a colleagues, an educating grado, and a review of some kind. So maybe you have, or you know, or maybe just five pieces of content. So you still flip-flop colleagues and educating grado. Mm. And you actually release that perfect episode, the three challenges, two features, over five days. That's what I was going to say. You want to split it out. There's an easy to style, easy to thumbnail. You get them at eight minutes each, probably 10 minutes each. That's easy bite-sized content. And it's like we were talking about with uh, the Top Gear Gaming Show. That's a great length for yeah. online content. Or even if you stick with that divide that I just kind of hypothesized of 777 kind of three, three, and maybe a few extra bits and pieces here and there. The only reason you, I would say, like, want to go eight things, if you get to eight, you can get the ad breaks in. Oh, true, yeah, yeah. yeah That's you, need, fair. you need to be over that eight, you need to be over that eight-minute mark. Yeah. This is really frustrating, because I don't think Channel 4 are savvy enough to do that. No. We witnessed firsthand, and I'm, I don't want to dog on people at Channel 4, because they were good to us. Like, Kian was good to us. Everyone involved in this production was good at us. But they fucked this release. You pointed it out multiple times. Even me, as an absolute schlub when it comes to digital release, was looking at what Channel 4 were doing and going, this ain't right. When we put up our um, uh, interview with Dominic that we did at the book launch, I think we did a better job of premiering that than Channel 4 did Games Master. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't even you. That was me. And I legitimately do not know what I'm doing on YouTube at all. But future should and future could. Future do not need Channel 4 for Games Master. Future just need to embrace and have faith in the brand and build it up as something new. That's it. And, but there's never going to be the time committed to making that work. But if you are going to make this a digital first show, then you do need to treat it like a digital first show because what this is, this is digital seconds. This is a TV show that has been put onto YouTube. That, I think, is a crucial mistake made because some of the metrics that you're going to be looking at are the YouTube ones, particularly if you've advertised this as a digital first show. Channel 4 went into this with Future with a brief. They found a cast, they found a crew, they found a showrunner. They thought they knew what they wanted, but honestly, I don't think they knew how to achieve it. And I'm not 
going to criticise Rab, Frankie, Ty, Trev, Kian, any of the people we met involved in this show for that because they were making the product they were told to make. Absolutely. It was an experimental show. This is the first time that Channel 4 and E4 had attempted this digital first idea. And I'd like to think that lessons were learned because that's what you want from you know first time trying these things. Channel 4 have said they are happy with the numbers they got. Future, I guess, are therefore also happy with the numbers they've got. I don't know if that's true or if that's just lip service. I think 150,000 views, which I think is what the third episode has. Yeah. Might be less than that, maybe 109. For a 40-odd minute video that's hard to title and thumbnail, it's not terrible. You can certainly see the drop-off, because the yeah. first one starts stronger, the second one's going to drop off, and the third one's got an even stronger drop-off. But the problem I've got is if they are genuinely happy with that, will they have learned anything? My lessons learned hope is more just about the actual handling of releases, and yeah. that, those are the lessons I'm hoping to learn. I don't think they'll have learned the lesson of what actually a digital first content would be. They want to learn better how to release videos on YouTube, employ a 15-year-old, because <laughs> yeah. they will know better. Uh, hire us. This is what we do. We do, yeah. cha- we do channel management. Oh, yeah. I wasn't meant to d- diss on you. It no, was just no, no, a case no, of literally all, no. a 15-year-old would know more than yeah. the people they had that were trying to do that. And maybe that is because the people that were managing their YouTube channel are not used to doing that type of content. They're used to dropping clips of Taskmaster. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or My Big Fat Greek whatever. Yeah. As Rab said last week, people hanging out in cafes and shagging each other. Like that is, well, that's the content they're loading up there, the little clips and stuff. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about this more next week when we do the wrap-up episode, perhaps, but it's a hard sell for YouTube. We wouldn't make this sort of content because we used to do a magazine-style show. And funny enough, people didn't get it. People had no idea what it was we were trying to do. If we, and by we, I mean me and you, decided to do UCP as a YouTube channel. Let's say I win the lottery and I say, Luke, buying out your contract from your day job, let's go. I still like the idea of doing the the breakup over the week. So challenge, 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 like review whatever segment. We can employ Rab, Frankie and Ty. We can probably pay off lawyers to get the cease and desist offer some whatever. But I would still be very tempted to like do playlists of each week. Oh, yeah. Playlists of the way forward. So week one, week two, week three, week four. Because then if you want to watch an episode, it's there. And you can group them together in just just challenges, just reviews, just educating Grado. You can have as many playlists as you want. You can playlist it at the wazoo. Absolutely you can. But this, this, unfortunately, is not the way to do it. I don't know where I sit on scoring for this one because... It's the weakest of the three, and it is scrappy, but I also still had fun. This episode is emblematic of the problem, I think, that Series 8 had overall. But that's not to say that it's a bad episode, because I did have fun with it. I think Elves the Witch is really good. I think it's the best celebrity challenge that we've had. I think the Tekken challenge at the end is really good. And the opening challenge is is also really good. It's, it's filled with tension. It's filled with drama. Yeah. Games Master has often struggled with season finales. Like, we, we, I mean, the final episode ever yeah. was a cracker, but it wasn't a traditional Games Master episode by any stretch of the imagination. So maybe that is another tradition that Games Master is continuing onwards with, uh, with this toe dipped into the 21st century. I think I'm back to DeLorean. You going DeLorean? I think I am. Like I, 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 because I wasn't it. I was going to go DeLorean for episode one, and I went for the four finger special for the yes. joke. Yeah, yeah. But really, a four finger special was also a DeLorean, and I think I'm with the DeLorean again because I have watched 
episodes of the original Games Master that I liked far less. And nothing in this, even if it doesn't quite land, nothing in this is badly produced. Everything is edited and relatively tight. And sure, we've picked it apart and we've suggested ways we'd rebook it. But I've still watched this now multiple times. I sat at 85 for episode one, and I did not enjoy this episode as much as I did episode one. Fair. So I'm going to go to 83 for this. I'm, I'm, I'm dropping it down. It's still in the 80s. Yeah. So it's still in the recommend. It is not among the worst episodes of this show I've ever seen. But it feels a bit scrappy. It feels a bit low energy in some places, you know, like because colleagues feels a bit low energy because that was clearly like at the end of the day. The meta quest stuff feels like massively out of place with the rest of the episodes and the street fighters like the I, the street fighter challenge didn't work for me from concept to execution didn't work for me at all so but there are some things in this i really liked because that first challenge is awesome that last challenge is really fun and i think that elves and the witch having the closest larry challenge makes that the best of the three celebrity challenges we have there's still a lot of good in here. There is good in here. And if you go to the E4 channel and you can find the right playlist, because it's not very well organised, uh, you can actually watch a lot of the challenges and bits individually. So you can kind of piece together your perfect Games Master episode if you so wish. So that is going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. You all rule. You can find us on social media, on Twitter at underconsolepod, on Instagram and threads at under.console. And you can send your email to feedback at underconsultation.com. If you're listening to this, you might be too late, but you might not be. So send them in anyway. If you want to feedback with us at any time of day or night, we might not always respond. We do need sleep and Luke's got a kid. You can do so over on our Discord, details of which can be found in the show notes or on social media. And... If you want to watch me stink at my own gaming challenges, most of which I set for myself by trying to talk and play a game at the same time, you can do so over on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash underconsolepod. And if you want to support this podcast monetarily, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash underconsolepod, where you'll get next week's episode one week early and ad-free at the £5 level. And at the £10 level, you get your name read out like these fine folk. Adam D, Adam Warrington, Andrew Greenwood, Andy Smith, Arcadia Wild Bill, Chris Price, Chrissy Two-Sticks, Colin Conroy, David Palmer, Gordon Aiken, Gordon Brands, Gordon Dempster, Harriet Mangagel, I Am Cheadle, Ian Roberts, Ian Williams, Jamie Smith, Joe McGonagall, Joe Mitchell, Kevin, Kylie, Lawrence, Link, Mark, Massey Boo, Misha, Nick, Phil, Retro Fun for Everyone, Reese, Rich Pemberton, Richard Downer, Richard Major, Sean Salina, Simon, Super Sexy Dave Fisher, The Amazing Cliff, Tom Dylan McCarefoy, Tom S, William Cottingham, Xanderthal, and Zach. We will see you in seven days' time for the wrap-up episode, the penultimate episode of Under Consultation, if you will. Take care, everyone. Bollocks. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.